Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number 13. Anyone out there have trouble remaining calm when dealing with your teenager? I do, and I did, still do a lot of the time, and that's what this podcast is about. I truly believe that if you can remain calm with your teenager, you can pretty much remain calm in any situation. So listen in for my tips and really practical advice for how to do this in your own life. Stay tuned. Hey there, welcome to the episode and so glad you're joining me today. I am recording this right now from the bathroom of a hotel room. Kind of weird, right? But I am here in Thunder Bay, Ontario, dropping off my younger son to start off his second year in college. So had to find a place to record this because it has to be out on Mondays. That's what I've committed to. So anyways, that's where I am at in my life right now. And a bit about today's episode. I really want to focus in today uh, talking about connection and also how that relates to the four pillars that I talk about. So part of COM, which is an acronym, as I've said, is connection, acceptance, love, and managing emotions. And the focus today on connection and sort of how it is a core value So how I started thinking about this was I was in some management training recently for my day job, and we were talking a lot about the core values of a company, so an organization. And I realized that this is sort of how it's helpful to think about these things um, as far as your parenting, is to think about them more as core values and not something that we're going to be doing 100% of the time, all the time. It's just that when you're making decisions as you would in a business organization, and I realize a family structure is so much different than an actual business organization, but when you're making decisions in any situation, it is helpful to have some guiding principles and core values that help formulate those decisions and how you frame that in terms of the decisions and how you respond to everyday things. So for example, the company that I work for, one of their main core values is putting the patient first. So I work in a healthcare organization. And when you have that core value, your decisions are made from a place of, um, if I am putting my patient first, then what decision would I make? How would I respond or react to this situation? So I thought about this in terms of connection and how you can frame your interactions on a daily basis with really any relationship that you want to foster connection. So I think pretty much any relationship that you have is only founded and is a good relationship really if it's founded on a basis of finding connection. And so if you're making a decision about how you're um, interacting with a person, you can frame those decisions around that question as well. So if my value here is to connect with this person, how am I going to react and respond to them? That is how I decide 
my interaction, what's important for me to focus on, what's important for me to just let go of. And that is, I think, just a helpful way to look at these four things, that these just inform your way of being a parent. They inform your way of creating valuable relationships. And your relationship with your teenager is, I would argue, a super super valuable relationship to foster connection with. So a little bit of focus on connection. And I started thinking about what does it look like when we're connected with somebody? Like, how do you know you're connected? And what does it look like when you're disconnected with somebody? So my experience of connection and disconnection, I sort of like to break things down so I can understand them in simple terms, even though they're not always a simple concept. But to me, in very simple terms, if you think of connection, like just a wired connection to something, so a telephone connection with somebody. And this helps me view connection as just the fact that we we are actually able to hear the person. So if it's just a telephone or we have video communication, so we're connected and we can see the person. So if you are connected with somebody, you're actually being able to see the person and hear the person and hear what they're saying. So for me, how this translates over into kind of a real life situation in a relationship is if you are connected with somebody in a relationship, you can actually hear them and really understand what they're saying. And you take the time to understand what they're saying. You can see them for who they are and you can just, that, that to me is just the basis of connection. And so disconnection in my mind would be the opposite of that. You could be in a relationship with somebody and be disconnected from them. And to me, that looks like not really hearing them or listening to them or trying to understand them in any sort of meaningful way, not really seeing them for who they are. And that is how I view this in a relationship. So just my view, you can take that or leave it. And if you are disconnected with somebody, that doesn't mean that all is lost. There's ways to reconnect to somebody. Now, you'll notice too that I'm not saying anything about having something in common with somebody necessarily. Like, I kind of feel like when our um, we try to look for disconnection, or sorry, we try to look for connection in relationships with having something in common. So I have to like the same things as this person that I have this relationship with, or um, I have to think the same way. And actually what I found is that my connection with my teenagers has not been necessarily formed on the basis of having something in common with them. In fact, quite the opposite. Like I have my two, my teenagers are super different from me. They have totally different interests. They think in completely different ways. And we have a totally different response to many different situations. There are some common things, of course, there are sort of our shared way of the shared way that they grew up and kind of that is similar to the way I grew up, but they're 
you don't have to have something in common with somebody to have connection with them. And I think this is important to know because then we'll just look at our relationships with people and think, well, I have no way to connect with this person because we don't do the same things and we don't think the same way. But that's not the the basis of it. Like you can call anybody on the phone and you don't have to have anything in common with them. But if you, it's kind of a weird way of looking at it, but if you think of you're actually calling somebody or you're making a connection and just trying to seek to understand the way they think and what they're actually doing and understand what they're saying to you, then that helps to foster connection. So um, I hope that's helpful in terms of looking at this very important, what I'll call a core value. Now, What I will say, I'm just going to give an example, actually, a real life example right now that came up and it happened just as we're, I'm just grocery shopping for, with my son and leaving him here and we're in the store and he is wanting to buy certain kinds of food because he wants to eat in a certain way while he's here and he has his own set of ideas about what he wants to eat and how he wants to see that go. And I have my own set of ideas and I am a very, let's call me a food focused individual. I think a lot about what I'm cooking and eating. And I of course think I know best about what he should be cooking and eating and, um, having to having while he's here and he has his own set of ideas. And I am just like to be very clear, like this, this working on connection isn't, um, it just doesn't come naturally. It's not something that I just automatically have no trouble with. It's something that I struggle with. But then when I think of the core value of what, what am I trying to, to do here? Am I trying to make sure that, um, he has what I think he should have, and he sees the way he's eating the same way that I see, like, am I thinking that I know best in the situation about what he's going to eat? And I really want to hold on to that. Like, I really want to always think, well, I know what's best for him. I know that when he gets home and he doesn't have these certain things in his fridge or his uh, cupboard that he's going to, you know, want to go back to that. Like, I'm, I'm very certain that I know what the right thing is for him. And it's hard for me just to allow him to make these decisions all the time and me just sort of just step back and go, okay, this isn't a a big deal. He can make these choices on his own, but I just want to show you that very much it stays ever present in relationships, us thinking we know the, what's best for our children and them trying to become independent and make choices for themselves. And honestly, I don't even know what the right decision is. Like I can have my own opinion about the way a certain person should eat, but I don't know for certain that that's what actually is the right way. So if I'm viewing this grocery shopping trip as a kind of uh, exercise and let's make sure that everything that I say he does and that he has only the food that I deem that's acceptable that he should have, if I view it that way, then we probably end up getting in arguments. And I felt myself getting very frustrated in the situation. Um, but then I sort of remind myself that what's the goal here? So a goal is for me to maintain connection. This is the day that, um, 
the last day that we're going to see him for a while, we're going to be dropping him off and we're going to be leaving to go back home tomorrow. So do I want to dig in my heels and make sure that he has all the food that I think he should have? Or do I just um, step back and say, this is his life. This is his decision. This is what he should decide. And I know picking food at a grocery store is not the biggest decision in the world, but it just shows kind of an everyday real life example of when we choose to make um, a certain thing a priority. So in the view of maintaining connection, I sort of just have to consciously say to myself, okay, this is, it's his decision. And I, as a parent, am needing to let this decision be his. And ultimately, it's not a big deal. It's demonstrating independence for him. He's going to go back if he needs different food, if he decides that he doesn't have the food, even if he decides later that, oh, yes, I should have listened to mom and did this. It doesn't matter. He can go back and and do that. And that's not even the goal. So I just wanted to sort of give an example of a everyday situation that has you sort of thinking about what's the ultimate um, goal here. And if I'm actually using connection as my guiding principle and core value, then this is how I'm going to react and respond in this situation. So it takes some thinking, it takes some practice, I think. And there is no connection perfection. We're not going for ultimately I am a connected individual with my children or any relationship. The thing to remember about connection is that I, I sort of see connection and disconnection happening all the time. And so you can be connected and then somehow you get disconnected, but then you have to work. You have to be sort of be thinking about ways to improve that connection or even repair it. If you've become disconnected in a certain way, I've talked about it, this in a previous episode, but repairing connection can be as simple as going back to the person and say, look, I didn't really act the way I wanted to act in that, in that scenario. And, and here's why. And I really want to understand what you were trying to tell me there and what, what was going on for you then. So there's definitely no connection perfection at all. It's just trying to put that at the center and focus of something that we're working towards always. And the value of connection is so important to build up. I like this idea, and this comes from Dr. Becky Kennedy, who's written an amazing book called Good Inside. And what she talks about, I believe, is called connection capital. So it's kind of the idea of building up connection for when you really need it. It's like, it's almost like putting money in the bank because if you are always building connection with your children and with your teenagers, when the, you know, when things come up that they're struggling with or they're, they need your guidance with, and they feel connected with you, then they're more apt to know that you're listening to them and seeing and understanding what is actually going on for them. So you're building up this, this basis of a relationship that, um, definitely can pay off later. And then you have more of an influence in their decision-making and what they, and who they kind of bring into their life when they're trying to make different decisions or when they need help with something, um, or just really anything with regards to the relationship. So that is what I want to, to cover today. And, I hope it's helpful, a helpful way to think about connection and the 
four pillars as sort of guiding principles. And you can use this with any of them. So if you are looking at the value of acceptance, then you can say, okay, if I'm, if I'm operating from a value of acceptance here, what decision am I going to make? If I'm operating from a, a value of love, what decision I'm going to make? Um, the managing emotions is sort of not in that. I wouldn't say that that's really a core value specifically, but it's something that we do on a day-to-day basis to help as well, just kind of support the other three core values. So that's a little bit of the managing emotions is more of an action we'll take as opposed to a core value. But what I would say is you can put managing emotions into the bucket of allowing emotions. And if I'm going to, if my core value is saying that all emotions are okay and acceptable, then that is a core value you can operate from. Okay. So I hope this was helpful. The next topic I am going to dive into on next week's episode is within the realm of acceptance and some practical ways that we can use acceptance to guide our decisions and our relationships with our teenagers. So I will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to offer you something for free. And that is a free coaching session with me where we go through where you are in your parenting journey with your teenager and where you want to be. In this session, I will give you some coaching and you'll just get an idea of what it's like to work with a one-on-one coach and develop a plan for how you might start off on your parenting journey. I will also give you information about how to work with me if you think that we would be a good fit and I can help you speed up the process of developing a plan to parent your teenager and just help you get sort of some perspective on this challenging journey. And this has been so helpful for me. My life coaching skills and learning about life coaching has certainly helped me in my own parenting journey. And I am so excited to share this with everyone that I possibly can. I am looking to lighten the load of parents everywhere and give you some resources you can use and figure out actually how to save time in your parenting and how to stress less about your journey parenting your teenager. So don't we all want less stress and more time? All right. So please click on book a consult in the show notes if you're interested in booking a free coaching session with me. I look forward to meeting you virtually. Take care.